Everywhere we turn, we are faced with hot mess mom culture, celebrating the messier the more mom you are. And while yes, motherhood is messy and full of labor and love, I'm here to bring light to the claims Satan has on our lives as mothers. We are not messes. We are masterpieces designed by God on purpose for a purpose. So join me for a conversation about stewardship as we seek to intentionally multiply all God has blessed us with in motherhood, marriage, life, and faith. Let's focus like Philippians 4.8 calls us on whatever is true, wholesome, noble, right, pure, lovely, peaceful, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Together, we can raise a generation of masterpieces and steward our lives in a way that matters most. Hey friend, thank you so much for coming back for part two of our discussion about postpartum depression and anxiety in motherhood. We are getting into the meat and potatoes of taking action and being action-taking, problem-solving women in our lives um, in a way to steward our mental health as mamas. So sit back, relax, walk, enjoy, grab a cup of coffee, and join us for the end of this conversation. I called the doctor and they got me in first thing that day um because they they the and the lady on the other end of the phone practically had to walk me through what i was calling for like i couldn't even say it out loud that i was struggling mm-hmm. um and i got in there and the doctor said well you know are we practicing meditation like she didn't immediately go to f- pharmaceuticals like she said are you meditating yes are you exercising yes are you eating pretty well? Yes. How's your caffeine intake? Probably could be better. Um, are you spending time with other people? Yes. Like she, she really did walk through some of the alternatives with me, but I literally had tried everything mm-hmm. by that point because I was, I was bound and determined to fix myself. But so I think one thing I didn't realize like you said, is that there is a spectrum. So for moms that are listening, what are some of the things like situations that are feelings or things they could be experiencing that could be related to depression or anxiety? Sure. So before we kind of just do a whole list of symptoms, let's kind of review that there is the nutshell of baby blues, Yeah. which for some people they may never get and God love you. Um, for you those, thank God for you. <laughs> um, for those who have experienced that, that is kind of those initial feelings you get as soon as you, you know, you're being released from the hospital, which you're like, oh my gosh, how am I being trusted to um, bring home a baby? So kind of from that initial newborn period can go pretty much up until about six weeks of that initial, like in the trenches, um, frustration, fear, sleep deprived. sleep deprived. So we're not talking about those first six weeks. What we're kind of talking about is anywhere from up to a year or 18 months from your uh, delivery of feeling either situations that are synonymous with anxiety, depression, maybe a mix of both. So people with more on the anxiety side of the spectrum may feel worried about everyday situations, racing thoughts, uh, feeling like something bad's going to happen from a physical perspective. They may have trembling, um, kind of just carrying a lot of tension in your muscles and nausea. 
um, for people with depression, they may feel more sad, losing interest um, in their you know normal day to day or things that would normally make them happy. Maybe feeling hopeless, uh, losing motivation, and for kind of on the more severe side of that spectrum, um, thoughts of harming themselves, which uh, is a possibility. Um, I, I definitely experienced some of that. Like, yeah, so boys would be better off if I weren't here. Right. And I think it's having those honest conversations with yourself that if those are happening, you need to have the resources to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your babies. Yeah. And, you know, I remember when I was pregnant, I was just like, I feel like this happens to like just very few people. One in five pregnant or postpartum women will experience these symptoms. One in five. That's and I wonder if it would be higher if people were comfortable saying, Absolutely. I'm struggling. It could probably be 50%. <laughs> um, so that is just from women, you know, having the courage to have those conversations and get it documented on paper. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time a friend of mine told me she was walking through a door frame and wished that it would fall on she and her baby. Like, those are really vulnerable thoughts but they happen and instead of feeling shame or guilt she went and saw um she started with where she knew to go she went to a pastor and he said you know the next time that happens acknowledge it but then he gave her this like beautiful mental um I don't know what to call it because I'm not a tool, tool, whatever. But she started like envisioning that um, there was a shield of the Lord over her and her child. And that um, that was just hovering over them everywhere she went. And that it, it, it would, you know, save her from the door frame or whatever else she walked by that, you know, in those hard moments. And it really helped for her. Um, It was like, cognitive behavioral cognitive I don't know Mm -hmm. whatever um something and then she started seeing a therapist regularly and that really helped her that was enough um but when it's not it's also okay to seek other resources yeah I think um so from the point of view of you know just speaking with your medical provider I think kind of things that you've already touched on that you have personally gone through are utilized are habits that we can uh, capitalize on and make our own. So making sure that our nutrition is dialed in, uh, being aware of, you know, stimulants or depressants in our lives that are easily accessible, meaning caffeine, nicotine, alcohol. So you're telling me, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think one of the things in our mom culture and I've been very vocal about like fighting the defeat of hot mess mom culture um, is mommy needs a drink. I have been more aware and more careful um, probably in the last even few months about saying things like that. Um, A, I don't want my kids thinking mommy relies on wine to parent them. I mm-hmm. wanted them to know that mommy relies on Jesus. Um 
But more importantly, I don't ever want to start using that as a coping mechanism because I have. Right. So I'm a little more sensitive to that as somebody that has really, really seen the depths of. And I think it's acknowledging that it can be. I'm not saying you can't have a drink or lightly. It's it's true in any component of life is don't take it to an extreme. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like, um, mom, this mommy likes a margarita every now and then. I grew up in Texas. It's like a way of life. But um, just being sensitive to also not saying things like that um, to people who are also from families where alcoholism is a serious struggle. Like you can't, I know we say it lightheartedly, like, oh, mommy needs a drink. It's been a long day. But there may be people among us that feel real shame over a comment like that. So I think just being aware that some families struggle or the weight of that may feel different. Yeah, of course, of course. But I think it's at least acknowledging that um, having control over those facets in your life is while in, when you're in the thick of it may feel difficult. Um, Just identifying it as a trigger. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I know sleep is like such a touchy subject (laughs) in this. Um, And I don't, have a tip or trick on how to get more i don't um i think it's just acknowledging though that things with sleep will start to regulate so in time when babies start sleeping in longer stretches and you will gain that that um you know your hormones your body will start to settle down a little bit I'm not trying to give you any tips or tricks on how to, you know, delegate night feeds to your husband if you're nursing. Obviously, that's not possible. (laughs) Um, It's just one of those things of with time, as your sleep becomes more regular, that you'll see benefit from that. And I, my mom has always said fatigue makes cowards of us all. I think that's one thing because I had always heard her say that when I was going through some of the sleepless nights now I will Colleen knows like both my boys are sleepers and by the that they were there enough when they're awake that I think the Lord gave me so will give you this <laughs> gave me gave me gave me good sleepers and so that has not been the battle I've had to face there have been plenty others and I will say that but fatigue is not a good thing yeah up until about maybe when we started solids on a serious basis, so about, you know, seven months old, I mean, we were, I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. So it's only been a recent uh, reclaim that sleep <laughs> has become mine again. Um, and prioritizing it. I know, like, the temptation. Oh, I have a set bedtime. Yeah. What is yours? Uh, I am in bed at 9 p.m. Okay, mine on the dot. 8.30, but, oh. you know. But, like, phone is down. Yeah. Lights are off. No TV. We don't have a TV in our room. It is that is sleep, and that's pr- making it a priority. Yes, I know the the draw for a lot of us is that once the kids go to bed, that's our alone time, mm-hmm. um, and it's like okay, I need this alone time, but I also need sleep, um, and so finding that's a hard battle. It is. Uh, so I know for some people, it's you just wake up earlier. And you get that time in the morning, um, which I know I'm sitting next to the queen of that. Uh, so <laughs> but not I, everybody is. And I was not a morning person, right? To be clear, before I had to be. A morning and I'm person. not saying everybody has to. be. No, but it's again, you have to budget your time to your priority. So yeah. if you thrive better off of more sleep, 
that's your priority. If you need, you know, a couple hours after kids go to bed and that makes you the best you, terrific. Not everyone does well in six hours. I know plenty of moms who do, and that does work for them. It's not a survival mode. It is, it does work for them. That's their capacity. Um, So I think it's just, that is, uh, again, a case-by-case basis. Well, and it ultimately comes down to, as we're having this discussion um, about stewardship in motherhood and in, in postpartum depression, anxiety, it's not everybody's journey is gonna look the same, and it's about stewarding your journey well and not anybody else's and so doing what's intentional for you may not look like what's intentional for someone else and i think this brings me to my kind of like next but also strongest points is um taking responsibility Mm. and executing action yeah um i think one of the mantras when my boys were a little bit younger was i am a problem solving um action taking woman like that's what kind of like went through my head when I needed to take the next step. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a big step. No. As Anna says in Frozen 2, just do the next right thing. Yeah, I feel like she stole that from everyone that's ever read a personal development book. Anna, was there a copyright infringement? I'm just kidding. That's okay. The It's a little bit uh, of a better ring in your head when it she is. sings it though. And there is a book called The Next Right um, steps, I think, which I've read. Um, but this is sometimes doing the next right thing might be getting up and drinking some water. Cause that's good for you. Mm-hmm. That might be getting up and going across the room and praying for a few minutes before you pick up your phone. So the next right thing for you might be really small, or it may be the bravest thing you've ever done and calling your medical provider and saying, I need help. The next right thing might be um, even just telling your husband, like, I really thought about you doing life without me today. Um, That's scary. It is. But also communication with your partner is monumental in surviving all of this. Or Um, finding somebody safe that can talk to you about it if a spouse isn't or partner is not supportive right which is a whole nother a whole (laughs) nother conversation um but yeah i think a lot of it um is when you feel like you're in the thick of it that you're a hot mess is taking some responsibility Mm -hmm. that you have power to fix it and taking action i acknowledge that that sounds like a very easy thing to do but it's not. It's big. Um, but we're not alone in it. No. You're not alone as a mom. Other moms are going through it. But the Lord is with you. Yeah. And I think, you know, just knowing that his yoke is light and his burdens, he He will take on your burdens. Um, you are not doing it alone. And he has called us into community. I always say... Lone Rangers are dead Rangers. Um, and, and I'm not kidding about that. I think God has given us the body of Christ to be supportive, to function better as a whole. And so we don't have to do it alone. Um, there are women and, and men, honest. There, there's just a massive body of believers to support you. And you have to sometimes 
kind of put on your big girl pants to be transparent with others in order for them to help you. Yes. Which can be so hard, but there is so much grace that I don't think, that I know Satan tricks us into believing isn't there. Right. He tells you, hey, no one cares. Keep it to yourself. You're the only one going through this. Or no one has it as bad as you. Right. Or they won't understand. Other people have it worse. You need to keep it quiet. Yeah. Or you're weak. You just, this isn't that big of a deal. Or even worse, you're strong enough to handle this. You're not. None of us are. But by the power of Jesus, we can. And getting the right help, I, he, he will always provide a way out. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Mm-hmm. So that verse goes on to saying, the Lord won't basically leave you there. He'll provide a way out. The Lord wasn't leaving me stuck and depressed and lonely and isolated, which is so easy to do as a perfectionist. Um, There was so much pride. Satan just kept feeding my pride, like that, that somehow my reputation would be tarnished by having postpartum depression and anxiety. And that wasn't the truth at all. It wasn't the truth of the gospel. There is grace. We are all falling short of the glory of God. We live in a broken world. But when uh, Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't have to wait to experience healing. We don't have to wait to experience uh, his, his goodness. You know, I think all too often we just uh, think that's even, especially in Christian circles, oh, that's for eternity. But but that's not true. Like, yes, we all have challenges in this world. We're still going to live in a broken world, but healing can come. I didn't even know these existed. Colleen, like, way opened my eyes. I didn't even know there were therapists that, like, really just focused on women's yeah um postpartum depression anxiety and because of covid i think telehealth has taken a huge leap honestly and to their credit some providers have gone um, out of their way to get licensed in multiple states so that they can provide telehealth opportunities to people to neighboring states um so that i think is amazing in itself I think Colleen and I probably are hitting on that a little harder because we live at the end of the world (laughs) where there isn't a whole lot of, we have great local medical providers, like obviously because Colleen and my husband live here. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But with regard to specialties, like sometimes we don't have physical access to those things. So if you live in rural, whatever, rural Texas, rural North Carolina, rural Georgia, wherever, um, you are not limited to getting the help you need. There are a lot of uh, providers that will see you via Zoom or whatever their medical Zoom yeah, thing is. Yeah, Doctors on Demand is a very um, available uh, access point yeah. as well that can be covered by your insurance. Um, I know that that is an, uh, where I was able to successfully find a counselor who and was a fellow mom and kind of had a strong focus in this area. So um, there are people to help. Um, For me, pharmaceuticals ended up being a huge part of healing my journey. And I think 
I'll never forget the day I told my best friend. She was like, well, finally. I mean, she she knew. Um, she said, Jonna, if you take medicine, it doesn't have to be forever. And it was like, oh. Oh. I mean, it may be as short as seasonal allergies. It hasn't ended up being. I've ended up needing support a little longer than that. But, um, and, and I may always... I may not. We'll just see where the journey takes me, but I do get to be intentional and active in the responsibility I'm taking for those right. choices. And that choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, well, thank you, Colleen, for being transparent and joining us. Um, we may have, we are going to have to split this episode into two parts. So if you're hearing the second part of this, thank you for coming back. Um, but Mostly, I hope this starts a conversation in your home and with your friend groups that allows a lot of healing and grace. What do you think? Um, The only other uh, bit I have is we'll throw some show notes in about some resources from the American College of Gynecologists, um, which is what um, obstetricians are also based out of. Uh, So there are multiple um, options regarding uh, 24-hour chats. resources uh to find therapists and providers um and phone numbers yeah so if you need help or need help starting to where to look um just reach out to me if i can't direct you somewhere certainly i'll get you in touch with colleen i can colleen can't because she's amazing and so much fun and now I need to go see your baby girl crawl because I have not seen that yet. She is on the move. <laughs> and so are we. Let's go be action-taking, problem-solving ladies. I'm cheering for you, friends.